Welcome to We The Podcast. We're going to start this month's We The Podcast with a thought experiment. What would you do with a billion dollars? Go ahead, dream big. Got it? Did anyone envision giving it all to politicians? No, I didn't think so. But that's exactly what the Koch brothers planned to do during the 2016 election. Millions of Americans didn't vote in 2014 because they feel that politicians who represent them don't actually represent them. And sadly, they have a point. The huge amount of money in politics is drowning out the voices of working Americans. In a recent study, scientists found that economic elites and organized groups representing business interests make a substantial impact on U.S. government policy. But mass-based interest groups and average citizens don't have very much independent influence. I talked with my good friend and colleague, Representative John Sarbanes of Maryland. He's a leader in Congress on getting money out of politics. Too often, policy is getting made here based on where campaign contributions come from and where lobbyists spend their time instead of on what the public wants to see. If we want the policy machinery here in Washington to work for the people, we have to make sure it's owned by the people and not by the special interests. And that's why campaign finance reform and fighting big money in politics is so important. Loyal listeners of We The Podcast will remember when I talked to my friend Heather McGee of Demos about the voting gap and how the donor class or the group of Americans most likely to donate big money to campaigns differs from most Americans. When you go and survey the priorities of the wealthy in this country, they'll put deficit reduction above job creation right? Mm -hmm. They'll put infrastructure and raising the minimum wage down the list. And the fact of the matter is that they're calling the shots. So let's rewind. Why are big donors calling the big shots? Right now, if people need to raise money, they're going to go to the places where money can be raised, right? It's that simple. You rob banks because that's where the money is. That's right. So you go to PACs and deep-pocketed donors because that's where the money is. Diane Russell is a state representative in Maine. When she decided to run for office, she didn't have access to big donors. So when you don't have access to money Mm -hmm. and the people who hold the purse strings, that means that you're not able to compete. You know, the elites in our society, including the media and others, often use money raised by candidates as a barometer for how qualified the candidate is to run for office. The media reports on how much money you raised as a threshold for whether you're qualified to run for office, whether you're qualified to win. And it's never about what your ideas are. It's never about what your values are. It's never about why you're running, what your personal story is. It's about are you qualified enough to be able to raise money? Are you part of the cool kids team? Are you part of the well- Are you approved by the wealthy? But what if it didn't have to be this way? What if money wasn't the only thing that mattered in our politics? Here's Congressman Sarbanes. If we could create another place where candidates could raise sufficient funds to be competitive, that was where Americans live and Americans feel and Americans think, um, I think most members of Congress would want to go there. 
John Sarbanes has introduced the Government by the People Act, which I'm a proud co-sponsor of. His legislation reforms the way we run campaigns. One of the most important aspects of the reform is public financing through the six to one match of small donors provided the candidate gives up super PAC money. If now you create a system where you have this matching for small donations, then somebody's gonna call you up and say, I have 30 people standing in my living room. Each of them is ready to give you $50 using their $25 tax credit. And then on top of that, you'll get a six to one match. You've just raised $10,500. So if that person calls you and says, can you hear me now? You're gonna say, I can hear you, stay where you are, I'll be there in 10 minutes. That's, right. That's power, this is about power, Keith. Yes. Who has the power, do the people have it? or do the special interests and the corporations have? This kind of reform is already working around the country in states. When Diane decided to run for a state legislative seat in Maine, she was working at a cash register in a grocery store. She didn't know many mega donors, but public financing was there to help. I got to know people because they came day after day after day after day, and I got to know their children and their stories, and they trusted me. And so there's this level of trust that I have with my constituents that um, that I really always consider whether or not I'm going to let them down. Financing campaigns publicly and incentivizing small donations has one big effect for candidates. Candidates spend less time raising money and more time talking to and fighting for the people they represent. And the nice thing about serving as a public financing, publicly financed lawmaker, is that you don't have to worry about spending all your time raising money. Public financing of campaigns also allows working people to get involved. I want you to meet my friend, Carla Skopansky. She's from Sauk Rabbits, Minnesota, and she's running for office. But she's not a billionaire. She runs a dairy farm with her husband, and she's also a child care provider. And that's why she's running. I see that people who work really, really hard and don't see anything really for their hard work are people like us. Carla's campaign runs on people power. I can't run for office. I said, I, have, I don't have a dime to run for office. And they're like, oh, you don't, you don't need to have a dime. If you can show that the people in your area are supportive of you, then it won't be a problem. If this is how it happens, then this should be easy because I know a lot of folks in my district and a lot of people because, I mean, far, my husband's a farmer and, and I'm a child care provider. I've taken care of children from all these families in my area almost 15, 15 years. Minnesota is one of 15 states that offers some form of public campaign financing to candidates. In Minnesota, two-thirds of all campaign donations to Minnesota legislative candidates were under $250. In large part, this is because of a law that provides reimbursement for up to $50 for political campaign donations to candidates who run for state office. Then you write them out a voucher and you give them a, it's called a PCR uh, form that they fill out and then you take the voucher and connect it to your form and send it in and you get your $50 back. And just like that, participating in the political process gets a little easier for working families. And that means politicians who wanna win will have to fight and work for the people, not the money. Too many leaders are spending too much time talking to people who belong to the donor class. And that has a real effect on how they see the world. Most of the people in that room are gonna say, well, you know what, people are living longer and they're healthier, so we can raise the retirement age. That'll be okay. 
And so you're going to walk out of there thinking, well, that's the kind of policy decision we should make because you're hanging around with a bunch of people all playing squash on Friday morning at private trainers. But if you go and have a house party in your district with real people because they can now raise enough money for you under this public finance system to, to make you competitive, you can bet there's going to be three or four people in that room who've been lifting boxes for 30 years and they're limping to retirement age. They need Social Security mm -hmm. to kick in at 62 and 65. They can't wait longer than that. But the problem caused by hanging around wealthy donors is bipartisan. You know, we like to say that it's conservatives versus uh, Democrats, you know, liberals, but we have really, quote-unquote, good liberals, good Democrats, that don't have a clue what it's like to actually be working class. Even though public financing and campaign finance reform is popular, will help working people get involved, which will help diversify our electorate. It's under attack. In fact, in my own state of Minnesota, on June 30th, Republicans refused to reauthorize the program that Carla relies on, the fight for public financing of campaigns, which will enhance the voice of the people and suppress the voice of the money. That fight goes on, and we need you to be part of it. This has been Keith Ellison for We The Podcast.